Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Tuesday edition is here. Outkick 360 is back. Live from 6th and Peabody in downtown Nashville with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. With Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Chad Withrow back with us later this week. Big show planned today. John McClain with us in an hour. Time to hit the NFL headlines with him. More information coming out of the draft. Free agency taking a step forward now into Phase 2 or Phase 3, depending on how you look at however you define Phase 1. Some big-name free agents remain out there. We'll discuss that with McClain Coming up in hour number two. In hour number three, Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network. She will be with us as well as we discuss what should be expected for some of the rookies coming into the league. Paul, a lot to get to over the course of hour number one. We'll hit salary cap space and more. Plenty of headlines right now. What's up? Good afternoon. Those three weeks of family time for Tom Brady really convinced him not only that he needed to go back to football, but that he needed full-time work. Well, it was, it was five weeks. Five but. weeks, sorry. But a 10-year ten, commitment to Fox as soon as he's done playing football, that's what surprises me most about it. Most guys like to take a little bit of time post-football also to, like, it would have been less surprising to me if he said, the, I'll take a year after I'm done, and then I'll join Fox. Uh, for three years, um, but a ten-year commitment starting immediately after he's done playing football strikes me as just big on all levels. That's great for for Fox um, to get that kind of commitment. I think most people think he'll be uh, excellent at it, and they're going to be interested in what he has to say, whether it's great or not. And I don't think their odds are good that it's not. But Tom Brady is going to be listened to. Uh, he's going to be, you know, more than just their lead analyst. He's going to be kind of a, a brand ambassador type. They'll, they'll bring him out to everything they can get him to. And I'm sure that's spelled out in the contract. I'm struck by the 10 years. What is it? Three, 375 million, um, which is a nice annual salary for sure. But that's an awfully big commitment. $37.5 million a season and over 10 years. What this means? Um, Brady is the face of Fox Sports moving forward. He's not just the color commentator or lead analyst. He's the face of Fox Sports moving forward. And this is a, a contract and a negotiation that was going on during his 40-day retirement. And whenever he announced he was back in Tampa, that didn't stop Fox Sports from continuing to pursue this. They, there was some discussion about Drew Brees being the lead analyst uh, this year with Kevin Burkhart and, and what that booth may look like. And who knows, maybe they, they still work out some type of, of deal with Drew Brees. He's better in the studio but, than on the game or two that he did. He got very bad reviews, and I remember watching one and being unimpressed. He's pretty good in the studio, I think. Well, the, what, getting Brady 
Um, and when you consider the billions, the $100 billion TV contracts that the NFL has recently announced with all the streaming rights and, and broadcast rights, Fox has uh, a handful of Super Bowls on the horizon. Um, and uh, they've got, uh, in 2023, uh, that would be the earliest that Brady could join. 2024, they have the Super Bowl rights. Um, so if Brady decides to play two more years and then retire, well, he's, he's still entering a season where Fox would have the Super Bowl that year. Uh, it, this is fantastic for Fox Sports. And it's great for the game. Let, let's also say that because if you're looking at the, the voices that are covering the sport right now, Brady's going to be doing it. Peyton Manning is doing that as well with ESPN and ABC uh, through Omaha Productions where we don't know exactly what Peyton Manning's getting paid. It's believed he's getting paid more than Tony Romo recently signed for. And it's believed, and, and what he recently signed for is, is what Aikman received as well. It's around 17 or $18 million a year. And he's Brady not doing a full slate. And, uh, no, he's and doing Manning's 10 games not even a year. doing a full slate. Here's the other thing about Brady, if you think of Fox right now and for however long he plays, I mean, Fox and CBS are not as straight NFC, AFC as they used to be. There's some crossover games, but still that's the co- core of it. Bucks are obviously NFC. Um, I would think it probably eliminates him as an AFC guy going, going forward, maybe. Um, and think of what it, he's going to offer at those production meetings compared to what he used to. These are people he's under contract with now who he uh, has every trust in. I would think they get better information from him and he's more helpful than he's ever been. And those telecasts of his games should be better than they've ever been. If he's playing in the Super Bowl for Tampa Bay against somebody else, he's no, he's not on the broadcast team. And yes, he's still super focused on winning that game. Yeah. But Fox has a certain degree of access covering a Super Bowl that that uh, is different than the access you get going into a regular game. And if they're covering the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, is he helping them out in a different way than he was before? I think absolutely. And does that add to the telecast that you and I in America is watching? I think absolutely. That's paying dividends on the front end before he's even in the booth. Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, the, the opportunities should be endless for how they can use him, both behind the scenes, you know, as a brand ambassador or someone that can be on a call for one of your biggest sponsors or clients, whatever it might be. That's how I would be using Brady in that same framework. And then on camera, um, speaking his mind, and I, and, and I think he'll be very honest with his approach to the game itself. Um, it, this is a, a home run. And I don't know how they kept this secret, but Lachlan Murdoch is the one who announced it earlier today on an earnings call, the, uh, one of the annual earnings call that, that he did. He did this last year whenever he announced the acquisition of OutKick. And he, this year, announces the acquisition of Tom Brady as soon as Brady is done with football. Uh, and that, that will jump in immediately. It says effective immediately. He becomes uh, a member of Fox Sports. 10-year agreement, the largest broadcast contract in the history of, of sports, 10 years, $375 million for the GOAT. And, and over that 10 years, I thought about this, Paul, I don't know what value there is to this, but this matters. Five years into that, you get Brady going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So you'll have that access as well. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, super compelling. All these guys who went ahead of him aren't, worth what he's worth as a property 
anyway, so I don't see how any of them could have any complaints. Think about, um, think about the money that has been either tossed around or actually signed up for this offseason, where Aikman leaves, he gets what he wants, which is $18 million to go, and you've got uh, Herb Street now doing t- dual things. Um, the reports were Sean McVay was offered $20 million a year. Brady's getting 37 and a half. Um, who knows where we actually end up with all this? But um, long term, this is the, the long term play and the guy you would want as a part of your broadcast team. I maintain uh, most of these guys are drastically overpaid, and I'm not super interested in them. Manning and Brady are the exceptions. Um, they're next level guys, they're massive personalities. Brady's the best of all time. Um, and, and I think he will draw some extra eyeballs, particularly early. And then if he's fantastic, um, but still, I mean, if you want your product to just be superb and have the best people possible, then you're doing that with him. Um, you know, and are you getting seven, uh, 375 million back? I, I don't know, but I can't blame you for going and doing it. I can blame you for overpaying Troy Aikman. Um, and, and, and some of these other guys who I just don't think are, are worth it. I don't think it makes a difference if you have the fourth, fifth, sixth guy. Um, even Romo, uh, who I think is, is great, but once you've seen it, you, you know what it is. And I'm not tuning into a game because of Tony Romo that I'm going to watch. See, I, I, anyway. think, I think Romo adds much more than the average Analyst. I think it does too, but I think he the carries game, a lot more weight I don't than the think average he's, analyst. I don't think he's got a bearing on ratings. I'm not. I'm not knocking some of these guys. They're just the guys that come to mind for me. Like James Lofton. If James Lofton, who's a Pro Football Hall of Famer, says something on a CBS broadcast, that's not carrying the weight that if Tony Romo said it. I agree with you. And, and I just don't think it has a bearing on ratings. I think the game that Romo is calling, which is a four o'clock game on CBS. Often a marquee team is going, and the most popular sport in America is going to do well if you have no announcers. And so, does he make the broadcast better? Yes. Is the broadcast going to get eyeballs no matter who's in there? Yes. That's my thinking and theory on, on broadcasters, generally speaking. Now, I think Brady is so big that it, it takes it to another level. But I think that broadcast is going to do quite well with or without him. I understand why you go get him because he's so massive and so big. And like you're saying, he is now Fox Sports. You know, he'd probably make an appearance in the booth during the World Series if it's possible during a bye week. He's, you know, he's touching everything. The World Cup. Whatever. Everything. Right. So it's it's bigger than football and it's bigger than than Sunday's game. but some of these other guys, it, it, it doesn't do it for me. I think this is, you know, a, a, anybody would have done this move. I think if ESPN, you know, I don't know if they were in on this at any point. But, you know, if they knew they had a crack at Tom Brady, do they make the move to, to get Aikman that they make? Or do they slug it out with Fox for Tom Brady? I, I don't know. Does Brady not interested in ESPN because Manning's already there and he wants his own entity? You know, I would imagine maybe that's a factor, too. And what they could offer, you know, the, with the ESPN Plus stuff, I, I do wonder what that negotiation was like. Because this wouldn't be exclusive to Fox in a bidding war. You would want, on, on Brady's end, you would want to bid it up, right? 
You would think, though. This it seems is a, like I the mean, number they, when they doubled high. everything. You might have just gone when on you your see own. The, when you see the announcement today, it was like uh, post career. It's like, yeah, I mean, because we we had heard they were talking to him. That's been out there, um, and, or at least considered. But it, this tells us the conversations never stopped. Yeah, and you figured now, it went to bed as soon as he unretired. I I immediately did think this, and here we go again with will he or won't he? I immediately thought when I saw this headline, this is his final year. Especially if they win. But you don't know. He had trouble giving it up after this one. How much of it was the Arians thing? You know, I, uh, it's hard to predict. You know, does his play slip at all? Does, uh, is the NFC more wide open for him? I don't uh, even know. Like, I'm not even factoring in those things. You know, I'm, I'm thinking not play slip. I mean, play slip for Brady would mean injury. Like, it, to me, that's, that's the only thing that would be detrimental. Uh, play slipping means he goes back to a 2008-2009 version of Brady because we just saw the second best season we've ever seen from him this past year. Um, so I, I don't I don't think in that in those terms as much as I do just if if, if he's ready to get on with the the post career stuff and what he's doing is setting himself up for it. Um, and he's got a ten year contract waiting on him as soon as he's fin- finished. I mean it's it's an interesting play given the fact that. He's just decided to come back to the NFL. Well, we've avoided well, all the debate I, I when he's that, done as to what I he's I say that because do. he would have had this opportunity during the 40 days that he was retired. Yeah, and we still don't know what Peyton Manning is doing, Peyton Manning is doing post-career, right? Is he going to be a broadcaster? Is he going to get involved in ownership or management? Well, that, yeah, that's true. And we know what Tom Brady's going to do now. Well, he can do both. You can be ownership and broadcast. Just ask Magic Johnson. Right. But this is a full-time gig, um, uh, more than football season, it would seem, oh, yeah. and, and a 10-year commitment. So it, it, this is going to be his primary thing. And, uh, I mean, yeah, wow, what a gig for Kevin Burkhart now. Yeah, nice. You know, like he, he goes from – he's a solid broadcaster, but Joe Buck was the face of Fox Sports – and Fox lets him walk with a year left on his contract, elevates Burkhart, and then the announcement today that a year from now, two years from now, whenever he decides, he's paired with Tom Brady. I'm that's, sure that's epic. They must have, um, you know, done a little bit together during this to make sure they had some chemistry. <laughs> or Brady's just like, pair me with who you want, just pay me. <laughs> Either way, those checks clear. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Uh, some other headlines out there today. Um, CBS has announced the Christmas Day game, one of the games of the triple header. That's going to be the Rams and the Broncos. This is also their annual, at least I think it's an annual, it may be a semi-annual annual thing for them now, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon's broadcast will be on Christmas Day as well for this Rams-Broncos game. That was the big schedule announcement today. CBS's turn. Tomorrow is Fox. What time is this kick? That is at it's the it's the second game of the triple header, so three o'clock probably. I, I it, when I saw the Nickelodeon thing, I thought that was poorly timed. I think Nickelodeon's core audience on Christmas midday is really occupied. With what? With everything that was under their tree. I mean, being a kid and growing up in the '90s, watching the NBA, I sat in front of a TV with whatever I got under the tree, and I was watching the NBA and watching Jordan play. 
Um, and there was a reason why that was the unofficial tip-off of the regular season. So, and we've know, we, the ratings are through the roof for these Christmas games on TV. So if, you, if CBS has their pick, they're going with the Rams and Broncos. You've got Russell Wilson at the – man, it's, a, it's an interesting play too because of the Broncos and they're being the wild card hunt, you would think, uh, if not leader of their division. Who knows how that division goes? And then you have the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, it's a good matchup. Nickelodeon does a great job with it. And I, I've been, I'm under the impression they're going to be doing more of that, not less. Not, like, not, not yeah, just I one. Mean, it shouldn't be a, singular, a single annual game by any means. Um, so that's the CBS announcement. Again, uh, tomorrow Fox has their announcement. Thursday morning is when we find out all of the Sunday night football games on NBC. And then Thursday night, the full schedule release. Um, for your favorite team and the team you hate the most, everyone's schedule gets released on Thursday night, 7 o'clock Central, I believe, yep. um, is, the, is the news drop for that. Uh, the Predators bow out of the playoffs. First time we've ever seen the Preds swept. Colorado advances. They are really good in the NHL right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Meanwhile, last night, the Warriors topped the Grizzlies where – the, the, the Warriors only led that game for the final 47 seconds of the game. That's all they needed uh, in a game without Steve Kerr, no Ja Morant, and it, the Grizzlies were in it until the, the bitter end, but they now trail 3-1 uh, in that series. A couple of us made money on the, yeah. on the pre, Preds' loss as soon as they took the lead uh, without consulting with each other. You and I made separate kinds of bets um, on the abs to so come back So you saw the win. money line. So – I just pounced on the money line. Third period, the Preds took a one-goal lead. It was 3-2. And then you pounced on the money line for Colorado. I got plus 180, which I thought was I, – I didn't expect it to be that good. I would have pounced on whatever it was. I just didn't have faith in the Preds to hold on and win that game. I thought Colorado would win it no matter what. So just before – And they won it. Uh, I mean, they won it pretty handily again, right? Uh, 6-3 final. Yeah, with the, the empty nets. And uh, just before the um, – uh, that the the goal in the third period, I was about to go ahead and double up because I already had Colorado minus one and a half, and I'm about to press it. And, and FanDuel says um, the the odds have changed on it. And then I see the score on the app, and then I'm still ten seconds away from the actual score on TV. And I went ahead and placed it anyway, just rolling the dice. And then soon, I, the thing about Colorado, Paul, um, I don't know if you got, caught the same vibe I did anytime they anytime that that uh, the, the Preds scored to either tie it or take a lead now that was their only lead they they yeah uh, but any 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 chance any pressure any, any pressure whatsoever any any ounce of it they the, the abs just responded and cranked it up a notch that was the the and I just I bet on the fact they were going to do it again and they did they they live very few times do we see a team live up to all the hype going into a series. You know, there's, there's some adversity. Colorado faced very little of it. That's very a huge little. discussion locally in Nashville. We'll have a bit of that coming up with um, just how you can tie your favorite team into some of the, the hardships that the Preds are facing right now where they make the playoffs, but they're not doing very much after that. Um, we'll get into that in hour number three. Cynthia Freeland will join us. John McClain coming up in about 40 minutes. When we come back, we discussed the salary cap situations across the NFL post-NFL draft, post-big wave of free agency. We'll tell you the best and the worst cap situations right now as teams prepare for training camps and who has done the most 
with the, the least amount of space to work with. We have details on all of that for you straight ahead. First, though, Outkick 360 excited to partner with Aurora NutriScience, our trusted partner that keeps us at Outkick 360 mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers supplements where you need them most, your body. Vitalifescience.com is the website to learn more about the great supplements that they offer. They offer several products, including vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, and much, much more. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use vitamin C, vitamin D3, and the glutathione. But again, they offer so much more. Vitalifescience.com. That's V-I-D-A, lifescience.com. If you use the code OUTKICK360, you receive 15% off your order. That's vitalifescience.com, V-I-D-A, lifescience.com. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at vitalifescience.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Tonight at 6th and Peabody, Jimmy Allen and friends have a writer's round. It's a free show starting at 6 o'clock Central if you're in the Middle Tennessee area, 6th and Peabody. As we like to say, Paul, it's located at the corner of Peabody and 6th. Yes, yes. Right behind the Music City Center and uh, the Bridgestone Arena. They have a crawfish boil coming up on Saturday, May 14th. So this Saturday at noon, tickets are available through Eventbrite. And then Shine Fest. Moonshine, National Moonshine Day on June 2nd. They'll have a massive party here on site, so uh, we will uh, be having a special broadcast for that here on site as well. 6th and Peabody, our home for the Outkick 360 studios with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Plenty of, of teams making some changes to their rosters, uh, big changes. Teams always make changes, but I'm saying big meaningful, impactful changes to their roster across the NFL this offseason and have been doing so with, in some cases, little structure to work with given the boundaries of the salary cap. All season, we discussed how the Packers were going to be strapped for cash. They made room to sign Aaron Rodgers. They then traded Devontae Adams, and we've seen what they've done structurally as they continue to move forward. Are they done? They can't be when you look at their receiving core. Um, but they've, they've made the most out of what they had, and they even tried to keep Devontae Adams under a franchise tag, if not offer him something where he would have stayed and he decided he wanted out. There are teams with plenty of room and teams with very little of NFL cap space. The, the worst in the NFL right now from Spotrac, the San Francisco 49ers, who have $143,000 in change above the cap currently. Meanwhile, on the opposite end, the best case for cap space, the Carolina Panthers with $30.7 million. And Paul, the most money doesn't always mean the biggest splash or the biggest spending. The Panthers, for instance, they have $30 million in space currently. They didn't re-sign Stephon Gilmore. They did re-sign DJ Moore that helped kind of shape the market for receiver. 
They have brought in right guard Austin Corbett from the world champion L.A. Rams. They have signed backup running back turn midseason starter Deontay Foreman from the Tennessee Titans and a few more from their roster who they're bringing back. But cap space doesn't always mean full investment. And if you believe that those covering that, I, I buy this too. Ownership wants a face of the franchise at quarterback, but they've been turned either turned away at the altar or they've had the worst luck possible in some of these trades. And that leaves them with the best cap space, but not necessarily a lot to work with. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you have to keep in mind here, and I know this money burns a hole in fans' pockets. I actually wrote this about the Titans today. Um, people seem to think that there's like a, a third market, the free agency in March, the draft, and then that there's some great free agency going on now. There are a couple players maybe worth, worth doing. Like to the Titans fans, I say, well, you know who a lot of people view as two of the best players on the market right now are, the, are players that are the reason you think there's a market right now. Jadavian Clowney, who the Titans signed two years ago uh, going into camp, and Julio Jones, who the Titans traded for last, last summer. Most of the guys who are available now are either pricey or old or have an injury history. They're not guys who are going to come in and be the last piece to your team's puzzle. What Carolina has going on there is great money to carry over to next year where they can make a big splash with the initial free agent market, which is where the good free agents are. Not, you know, they might add one guy now, but people are talking so excitedly about Jarvis Landry, like Jarvis Landry is a huge solution, or about... um, um, T.Y. Hilton, who's hurt like crazy, or even about, um, I'm forgetting the other receiver who's injured constantly. Um, Beckham. They're not solutions. Uh, Beckham's not going to be ready till October. Um, so you see that cap availability. You should be thinking more about how it's going to benefit your team for next year, really. San Francisco there, and I can't find on Track if it's included or not, San Francisco has a $7.7 million rookie pool. If that's not factored into that money, they need to make moves to find, if they have less than a million dollars in salary cap money, they need to find $7.7 million of of money. I think that may be factored in to what they have there, already accounted for. Well, if not, there are reports, and we'll get into this with McLean coming up in about 30 minutes. Reports are, as soon as... Garoppolo starts throwing again, which is going to be the end of June. There'll be a new market for that. Um, they'll be able to trade him because they can prove that his shoulder has recovered properly from the sh- surgery that he had. At that time, it would have been 14 to 16 weeks prior. Um, Will Fuller's but, the receiver. Will Fuller's talking. another Will, one, yeah. You know, Will Fuller has been available for six, 56.7 of his games in his career. <laughs> so if you think Will Fuller is the guy who's going to come in and put a cherry on top of your team's offseason – Will Fuller's going to come into your team and you're going to be annoyed at his lack of availability because he's been in the league like seven years and he's played barely more than half of the game. He was, You'll hate him. He was notorious for being hurt with Houston and then he got hurt a year ago and then he was suspended for four games, right? Yeah, he played two games in Miami last year, I think. The Browns have traded for Amari Cooper. They have the second best cap space currently. They've traded for Amari Cooper. They trade for Deshaun Watson. Uh, we know that contract. 
Um, they have re-signed Jack Conklin. Uh, he's back. Denzel Ward is returning on an extension. Jacoby Brissett is now the backup quarterback. Taven Bryan has been brought from, the, from Jacksonville to be a reserve defensive lineman for them. They tagged David Njoku at tight end. Uh, Which is, was odd. Yeah, at, at the time, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, he was, he's been talked about as the trade bait for three years, it feels like. Jakeem and, Grant is a wide receiver that they've signed from, from Chicago. Um, they, they've made moves. Chase Vinovich, uh, the linebacker draft pick from New England, he's now a uh, free agent signing by Cleveland. And then look at their cap space. They're still number two in the league right behind the Carolina Panthers. And that's what they've got 24-ish Put the there, graphic if, back I'm, up. if I'm remembering 24-ish. This includes Baker Mayfield counting 18 against them, which they're not going to be able to get out from much of. But, I mean, they could get out maybe from $5 million of that if and when somebody gets hurt and somebody decides they want Baker Mayfield. That would get them up to, to 29. They've got $24 million of room, including a number three quarterback right now who cost them $18 million who they don't want, but they can't bizarre. get out of that money. And, and they can't so get out of it. So they've been very well managed yeah, when and, you consider that. And they can pay a big chunk of his salary and still have some money left over for what GMs will call the rainy day fund. If you get injured during the season, you injury-stricken during the season, you need to go and sign players off the street. That counts against the money you're seeing right here, right now, uh, on this overall money. The, the, the other... Top five teams with the best space, Miami, Houston, and New Orleans. And I, I'm intrigued by this, by this crop of five teams because the top five teams with the most cap space didn't make the postseason last year. It's not like you know the, the, the teams with the most can turn over and, and use this to their advantage. Although New Orleans, for the longest time, Paul, we said... Was in the worst shape. They're in terrible shape. You know, they kept kicking the can down the road with Drew Brees' contract, and we all and I, I'm one of them. I raised my hand on this. We all said eventually it's going to come back to bite them. They're going to be cap struck, and, and they, they're going to be hamstrung with what they can do. Meanwhile, look at their – you may say that about the quarterback situation where it looks like Jameis Winston's going to start ahead of Andy Dalton, but it's not like they, they don't have the ability to go out and sign some free agents if they wanted to, and they've done that. They brought in Marcus May. Daniel Sorensen, so they've revamped their safety situation on defense. Um, they brought back P.J. Williams to now play a reserve role behind those two. Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. Winston re-signed, and of course Dalton is there from, from Chicago on a one-year contract. Taco Charlton, they re-signed Traquan Smith at wide receiver. They signed to, uh, Honey Badger. Yeah, now they, they lost Teron uh, Armstead uh, to free agency to Miami. But it's, drafted um, Trevor Penning. Yeah, it's not like they they haven't been able to structure their roster because of the Drew Brees contract that they kept extending and kicking down the road. In fact, they've done a pretty good job managing all this. They have. I think they think they're a lot better than they are, though. And I like their first two picks, Alave and Penning. And if Michael Thomas is back healthy, that's two good receivers. I I don't like Jameis Winston at all. Uh, and if you know me, you know that. But I just don't I, – I think they think that they've reformed themselves into a contender, and I just think you're way underestimating, A, Sean Payton, and B, for second year in a row, Drew Brees. And uh, Jameis Winston was the solution last year. He got hurt. Then they, they were in a complete scramble at quarterback. 
you're in a division with Tom Brady, A, so I think he's winning the division, the Bucks. Yeah. Now maybe you're contending in a weak NFC for a wild card spot, but I don't see it. I think New Orleans is going to be bad. So uh, uh, two teams, just based on the cap space here in the top five, I want to point out, because Paul mentioned you can carry money over to next year. There are two teams that will absolutely be doing this. Cleveland, or excuse me, uh, Cleveland needs to do it by carrying money to Baker Mayfield's contract. The other two teams that will be doing this, um, Miami, for sure. Miami, and then we, we yeah, the Texans will be carrying money over too to do whatever they want to with the quarterback situation. But Miami, they know they're either with Tua or they're without Tua, and they'll be addressing the quarterback situation. And chances are they're not in contention for one of those number one overall picks uh, or top five pick where they they can go get the quarterback. So they're they're going to need money to carry over to go get their QB. We know New Orleans is going to be in the, the quarterback market based on the, the, the contract structure of their current QBs. And then the, the Browns have to uh, assess what they, will be, uh, what they owe on the cap for Watson's contract moving forward. It's team-friendly right now, but it's going to cost them against the cap moving forward. I say all that to say, look at the Miami Dolphins with $21 million left in space. Uh, they have traded for Tyreek Hill. They've signed Teron Armstead. They've brought in three new running backs, Sonny Michelle, Chase Edmonds, and Raheem Mostert. Teddy Bridgewater is now their backup quarterback. Cedric Wilson is a free agent signing from Dallas. They have maneuvered and used the cap space that they've had, plus all these draft picks. They have structured themselves to where it's boom or bust at quarterback with Tua, and if it doesn't work, they've got the money next year to go out and uh, you know survey whatever they need to do to bring in the guy they want. Yeah, they're they're in pretty good shape. Here's a team that I really like who's just outside of your five, the Bengals. They're sixth with seventeen million dollars in room. Again, most of that's going to wind up for next year, but they had two big issues on this roster. Um, the first one everybody knows was the offensive line, and they went out and they got three veteran guys who are going to line up center right guard, right tackle, in uh, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and Lael Collins. That's a major rebuild of the offensive line, which was a major weakness. Um, they got Hayden Hurst to replace Azuma at mm-hmm. tight end, which I think isn't a bad thing. They've got good safeties in Jesse Bates and um, – um, I'm forgetting the other guy, but good safeties – a, zoo, uh, uh, a woozy is a good corner. Their other corner is weak. They didn't replace him, but they drafted Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska with their second pick. Daxton Hill, a safety with their first pick, can be like a nickel guy. I think between free agency and the draft, they addressed very clearly two positions, offensive line and secondary. And this is a Super Bowl team. Now, we affect, uh, most people expect them to fall back to the pack and a lot of other teams to catch them. But this was a good team that played good football and it had two very clear holes. With $17 million left in cap room, they addressed their two very clear holes. Von Bell is the guy I'm not thinking of. Bell and Bates at safety. Now, you drafted another safety in Daxton Hill who can play nickel-dime. And I, I think they're in good shape in what they did personnel-wise, and they're in good financial shape there. And this is a great example of trying to make the most with a quarterback on a rookie contract Just because the, the Bengals and the Chargers are both in the top ten in space, and they both have extensions due on the horizon for both of these guys, Time for Burrow now. and Herbert. 
and they've got space now to structure players around them that can be cap friendly that you can absorb now and and still be able to take on the big contract for your quarterback moving forward. And then the teams that have done the most with the least to work with, Paul, the Titans, they're at the bottom of this list. They're in the, the bottom five. They have re-signed Harold Landry. They trade for Robert Woods. They sign Austin Hooper. They've brought back Ben Jones on their offensive line. They restructured Brett Kern and Zach Cunningham. Brett Kern was a pay cut, so they saved money there. So they, they've done what they can, given the fact that currently they have just over $5 million, according to Spotrack, available as we sit here today. Now, I don't know if this factors in. You'll may, you may know this. Does this factor in the post-June release of Julio Jones? No. So they're about to make... What, 12? I mean, it can't because it's cap money as of today, and they don't have that cap money until June 2nd. So 9.5. So more. none of this will, cap, will factor in the rookie pool either, if that's the case. Um, if it's about today and not factoring in what we know I, is I going to come. Not. They've already designated that as a post-June 1st release for right. Julio Jones. But they don't technically have the money today. Um, so the, the Titans are on this list. The Broncos and Raiders. The Broncos, um, you know, they, they have uh, made some space. But they only have $13 million uh, to, to structure and, and, and sign their rookie class. But they brought in Russell Wilson. They signed right tackle Billy Turner from Green Bay. Uh, Randy Gregory chose them over staying with Dallas. The Raiders extended Derek Carr. They traded for and then signed Devontae Adams. Um, they have 5.6 remaining in space. Uh, they signed Chandler Jones who's the four-time Pro Bowl selection, who has had 10 or more sacks in seven of the last nine years. Um, they signed Jayon Brown, who's a two-down linebacker um, from, from Nashville. The Rams, they saved $12 million by extending Matthew Stafford. They, trade for, they traded Robert Woods and saved, what, 3 or $4 million there on the cap. Whitworth retired. Whitworth retired. They didn't sign Allen Robinson. They signed Bobby Wagner. They signed two other offensive linemen. They... Picked up the option they had on their kicker, Matt Gay. Um, and they have roughly $6 million left uh, to, to work with. And then the Eagles. They had average money entering free agency. And now when you look at what they've done post-draft, they're, in the, they're behind the Titans in cap space at $4.9 million currently. But they traded for and signed A.J. Brown. They signed Hassan Reddick to a massive contract. They've brought in Zach Paschal, who has familiarity with the offense and the head coach from his days in Indianapolis. They've re-signed Derek Barnett. They've done some work around what is a very talented young roster. We know they can run the football. They have a young receiving core. They've added A.J. Brown to that, and then Jalen Hurts remains on the rookie contract. To me, these bottom teams should have no quarterback questions, right? Patriots second to last. I mean, they've got their guy in Mac Jones, but you don't know if he's great. Cardinals third to last. Kyler Murray is more of a question mark than you want. Philadelphia stacked things up fourth to last around Jalen Hurts. Yep. But these teams should be better uh, and in better position, like we're talking about um, the Chargers and the Bengals. Um, so I, I, I'm a little concerned. Titans fifth to last. Well, you know they're in cap trouble there largely because of the contract for Ryan Tannehill, who's, who's overpriced, right? The Raiders, you can kind of understand their car, gotten his payday, though not all the way guaranteed. 
Stafford, you can understand. But there, Lamar Jackson still not gotten his payday, and they're way down. I think these bottom teams, you know, commanders, Josh Allen's there, right? But the commanders are there, and that's damn Carson Wentz. Too many teams without great quarterback situations at the bottom of this list. As an example of teams paying a lot of dead money on players that they've signed that aren't currently helping them, or in the Cardinals' case, they're paying DeAndre Hopkins a massive contract, and he's about to miss 11 consecutive games for them. They have $2.3 million left in space. They have a contract, and their, their quarterback's under a rookie deal, and they don't have much to show for it. Meanwhile, you have the Bengals and the Chargers who are in great cap space, solid rosters, young players who are contributing, and they've done some work on the veteran end to put and, and supplement talent around those guys. Um, there, there's a have and the have-nots here, um, and just because you don't have much cap space doesn't mean you've used this money wisely. They're the Jets at 19, I think, with $10.9 million left. Now, a lot of the work they did was with good rookies, but uh, Zach Wilson on his rookie deal, they need to be going for it now if they're in this financial situation. And I think a lot of us are expecting good jump from the Jets, yep. but a lot of it's youth-based. They should have more money than that based on how youth-based they are, I feel like. One thing we have definitely learned coming out of the draft is the Senior Bowl is becoming the barometer. If it hasn't already, it is becoming the barometer for how teams evaluate talent going into April's selection process. It's not the combine. It's taking place in Mobile, Alabama on an annual basis. I'll explain why next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Beyond just looking at the SEC, which is fair for this, for this discussion, Outkick 360 rolls on. For me, it's now the Senior Bowl and not the Combine to focus on. Because, Paul, uh, the numbers, especially in the first three rounds, while I think teams take into account all of the evaluation, and what sparked my interest on this was what you said yesterday about just how there's an over-analyzing process that goes on overkill to where you can talk yourself in or out of a good or bad decision over and over again with so much time between the start of the the scouting process to the actual selection day. 106 players from the Senior Bowl were drafted. That's uh, uh, 82% of players who went to the Senior Bowl were drafted. 45 of those players are drafted in the first three rounds. And 40% of players from the Senior Bowl accounted for the overall draft itself. So getting the opportunity, especially for the the smaller colleges, to match up one-on-one is massive. And I'm going to start paying more attention to what goes on on those practice dates and the news and notes that come out of it. Because at that point, there, there are a lot of, oh, this guy's looking really good, this guy's not... And that's really the start and the ramp up to, okay, it's draft season, it's overhype season. But in, in many cases, I think more true access and analysis comes out of those practices 
than feedback we get from the combine. Well, you get to fall in love with those guys or start to fall in love with them earlier and then mm-hmm. track them longer. I think the smaller school, lesser competition thing is a big deal there. So I just looked up, you know, some random article about top 10 performers at the Senior Bowl. Four of them were those kind of guys. So Christian Watson from North Dakota State, who went in the second round. Uh, Travis Jones, the defensive tackle from Connecticut, who went in the third round. Western Kentucky edge, D'Angelo Moore, who went in the third round to Atlanta. And Malik Willis, who went in the third round to, to the Titans. All of those guys coming from those kind of schools, you want to see as early and as often and as in, in as many competitive settings. Oftentimes when you hear those guys didn't look shy in that setting against Big Ten guys, SEC guys, Big 12 guys, those guys fit right in. They didn't miss a beat. They were smooth. They weren't overmatched. All of those things. That's the biggest thing I look for from the senior bowl. Um, and most of the time you hear that about those guys getting invited. Those are the biggest invitations to me. Yeah, and it pays off because you can put the, the helmets on, the pads on a bit, and actually see those players pay off on the gridiron for you and how you may use them. I heard a lot about East-West Shrine Bowl this year, too. Yeah, well, so. more of that. Hey, coming up, John McClain continues the NFL discussion. The Dallas mayor wants more than – one team in Dallas and the very latest on Deshaun Watson and the depositions next.